Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the new and improved Voices of Two Blocks podcast season two. My name is Hermela. And my name is Jeanette. We are here today with special guest Jess Pina, the current HR and talent manager at Tink Design. Today, we welcome you back for season two and cannot wait to share what we have in store for you all. We will be continuing the discussion on CSR, CSV, and much more, so stay tuned. As always, we will be addressing our through-line question, can and should corporate entities play a greater role in our education? So, hi Jess, how are you? I'm well, thank you for having me here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, if you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and your path on becoming an HR and talent manager at Tank Design. Those are always, I feel like, a little hard to to talk about yourself, but um, I'm an Afro-Latina from Lawrence, Mass., immigrant city of Massachusetts. Um, I am a daughter of uh, two immigrant Dominican um, parents that came here in the 70s, um, and I, um, as you all have been in inner city, I went to Lawrence inner city schools, um, and then I went to Simmons College in Boston, all-girls school, a little bit of a shell, uh, culture shock there, but um, it was a nice experience, and um, after Simmons, I started my professional career at Stop and Shop, so I was an operations manager for a few years there um, and learned a lot, but when I began my um, HR career, it was... Um, at a manufacturing facility. Um, I just had my son and I was looking for something that supported my hours as a mother. Um, And so I started my career there and I learned everything on my own um, as an HR professional, um, worked there for 10 years, um, was promoted to HR uh, manager, head of HR. um, And when the pandemic hit, I was part of that great resignation. And so I was looking for change. I was looking for somewhere where I felt like myself, where I can bring myself to the table and not feel um, like I was compromising who I was. Um, And it happened to be Tink. And so I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be around creatives. Um, And I was also given the opportunity to spearhead our diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives as well as our outreach, since they are hand in hand. Um, and that's how I've met uh, Innovators for Purpose. So um, that's how I worked my way up um, career-wise and also found myself working with Innovators for Purpose. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yes, Jess has been an amazing supporter of Two Blocks Such a great supporter. for a long time now. So thank you again for being a supporter and advocate for us in behalf of our work. Um, and we can't wait to see what the path, where the path will take us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And for context to our listeners who are tuning in, we started the Two Blocks project around two years ago, and we are currently addressing the question, how much of a difference can two blocks from the most innovative square mile on the planet make? And of course, when we're referencing the most innovative square mile on the planet, we're talking about Kendall Square, which is a very innovative sector of the city of Cambridge. And you already kind of got into how you learned about the project, but how have you engaged in our work? And most importantly, why have you decided to stay engaged for those who are listening? Um, so the first question is how, um, why we why we decided to engage with IFP. 
Um, and so there were initiatives that um, surrounded the tragic murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And so initiatives made internally at Tank Design where people um, got in groups, subcommittees that supported diversity, equity, inclusion, social injustice. Um, we had a lot of conversations around that. And so when I came in, I've been at Tank next month, two years. Um, when I came in, um, it was just time to put a lot of action into the initiatives that we had. The pandemic um, was at a point where we can do things in person and actually come out of our house and out of our out of our isolation, right? Um, and so that's when we really started to put action into a lot of the initiatives that we had and create relationships. Um, and build them. I, I think when you create, you have to build and that's something that is continuous. And so that's something that we built with Innovators for Purpose. And um, honestly, I think what has kept me engaged and um, passionate um, is, is you all, you know, I think listening to you present the same presentation over and over again. And there was not one ounce of passion lost with each one of those presentations. And um, the fire that I see with like how you answer questions and I see myself, I, I see myself in you like when I was younger, you know, and, and I wish I could have been more like you <laughs> in a way where you, you really putting action to all of the all of the work that you've been doing and really calling the right people like city officials like you know these stakeholders at these big companies and really putting them at the forefront and saying hey we're here do you hear me yes definitely um so thanks for thanks for the compliment we appreciate it um but like on that topic of like us being like something we always talk about me and Harmala is just we're young still. So how much yeah. of our voice like is being heard and amplified? Mm -hmm. So that's something that we're continuously talking about and not struggling with, but are wondering on like, how much can we do and how much more can we do to make sure our message and our initiative within two blocks is is put out there. Really amplified exactly. for others to listen to. So that's like, even then, like something that's embedded within IFP is the whole like notion of, we always talk about how the youth are the future and that is true, but they but... are also the now. Mm -hmm. So we need to just really dial in on that. And that's bringing me to my next question um, around like this past summer, we had a design review and you brought your son to it. So that was a very amazing step and in, in, in move made by you. So why do you think it was important for him to come and, and attend and see what was going on um, with other young people around the city? Yeah, I, um, I, I think first, my son doesn't have the type of programs that this community has. Um, even being in a rich town. So he goes to school in Andover. And even if that's a rich town in a private school, it doesn't have the rich programs with purpose, like initiatives with purpose, right? Behind them. Um, and I wanted him to be exposed to that. I wanted him to be exposed to youth that are really um, changing things and really shaking things up. And so... Um, I thought it would be an inspiration for him to see everyone speak that was only a couple of years um, younger, uh, older than him. And so um, I'm moving to Cambridge in the springtime, and I thought that it would be great to expose him to where he would be possibly going to school. 
um, as well. Um, but, you know, as, as I saw some of the students go up there and they were saying that they were ninth graders or rising ninth graders. And I was like, look, he's only a year young, uh, older than you, you know, look at all the things, great things that they're doing. And then also for a great cause. So I, I really, um, want to instill community in my son, um, as well as being able to utilize your skill set to make a change. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All the values that you mentioned are values that we are I we're so glad that you got those because we want to instill those in others as well and we hope that the messages that we're bringing across about community about the like importance that we find in people in our city receiving the opportunities that they deserve that's exactly what we're working towards exactly and we're really glad to hear that it was amplified by you yeah so of course so moving on to our next question recently (laughs) I don't know if people who are listening know that much but we had a workshop that was hosted at google and we were able to gather members of the business community at kendall the school committee city officials and many people who worked in the city to come together and introduce the business idea that is called creating shared value and you were present there and we have repeated this idea multiple times on this podcast but just to kind of rewind we define cs V, which is creating shared value as a new generational thinking that kind of enhances CSR. It's CSR is the groundwork where we refer to the practices and policies undertaken by these corporations to have a positive influence on the world around them. But these could be one time things compared to CSV, which is really a more it's a more elevated groundwork of that topic. And we take CSR, but we work to really instill value in our community and create programs that really enhance the community value, but also the value for the company as well. And this is very different from CSV and CSR. They're very, they're not as interconnected as people think they are. So what do you think it'll take for corporations such as Tank or other businesses in Kendall to move from a CSR mindset into a creating shared value mindset? Yeah, I feel like one is a mindset and the other one is more of a compliance hmm. um, thing. So when I, um, I believe that created um, um, shared value is um, a mindset and you need to change the minds and perspective of uh, stakeholders, um, leadership right in these companies and then there's a um i'm sorry the the csr i feel like that's more that's more of like check the boxes mm-hmm. right so this corporate sh- uh, social responsibility is something sort of like when a client comes to us and says what are you doing in di- in dni right and so we have to check those boxes right and so it's only that and not really, it's an action item you just check off and not a cultural change. And I feel like that because it's not an instantaneous thing that people are very slow to move on it Mm -hmm. because they don't see like, oh, this, oh, hire, you know, let's hire more black and brown people. Boom. But are you are you setting them up for success? Do you see the value in having them there? 
right? Do you see the value in a few years from now in doing that and making that cultural change? You know, I think that um, it's mindset versus checking boxes off to really simplify everything. Mm-hmm. No, we definitely like agree with that. And like, that's something we continuously are talking about is how much like, inc- like a lot of the time we see things that are like one and done, like you're just mm-hmm. doing something to say you fulfilled it or say you did it, right. but there's no follow up with that. So that's what we're really trying to push here with like creating shared value is that, yeah, you can like throw money and there's a monetary expense that's uh, things, but that's yeah. not the solution. That's not going to fix an issue. So I think that's something that a lot of companies have been have the tendency to do is just say, we're going to allocate this much money, which is great. Money is not, we're not saying it's bad. (laughs) It's helpful. And it's, it's been used in many ways to, to help shape and and nurture communities, Mm -hmm. but that's not enough. You need to have that follow-up and you need to really say, oh, I'm a company. How can I make sure that I'm ensuring that the community around me is doing the best it can be and, and is in the best position it can be? So I think that's something that we are not only with like the educational policies we're trying to strive for, but just like as a like a, a humane mm-hmm. at a human level, like how much are these connections? How, mu- how much of these connections are we making to ensure that I always repeat this, but how many of our students can walk through Kendall Square yes. and feel yeah. that they're represented, feel that they're heard and feel that they're welcome in these spaces. And that's an off branch and an offspring mm-hmm. of CSV. So, yeah. And that's yeah. really why we see CSR as a really performative way of making change because right now we're creating two blocks because we find that the way that our problems in the school community and district is being solved is through patchwork you see a problem it's being addressed once and once only and we kind of move on from that and the problem with that is that there's no systemic way of this kind of change occurring and what we would like to create is our pathway to potential which is where we're really creating the opportunities and using our resources to benefit students and make sure that they're getting the opportunities that they need like year round and all around and with CSR and with kind of what these corporations are doing at the moment we find that that problem isn't being addressed and we want to make sure they see the value in helping out students and helping out the community around them so that every entity benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like what you said, pathway to potential. Yeah. Um, I like that. And and it, it really is, you know, it's more than just um like we said, checking the boxes, you know, and and and, and creating that space. So like creating the space for underrepresented youth in that area. But it's also how are you creating that space and how are you going to keep them in that space? How are you going to maintain it so that they feel like they belong in that space? So I think there's levels to it, right? And um, and sometimes people are just touching the surface and really aren't doing the work. And I, I feel just to kind of close off that question, you know, there's a disconnect and um, I said it before in one of our meetings, you know, that I went, one of the meetings that that IFP was hosting was that I think when there's intention, there's intention to do good, intention to prove. Um, and when it's real, it happens and people find a way to make it work. But if you don't have the intention or, per, you know, purposefully, it's not going to be executed, right, in that way. So 
I, I feel like if there's a will, there's a way. And, um, you know, like I'm again, I'm oversimplifying things, but honestly, when you want to make time for something that you really believe in, you will make time for it. And so when people finally have that as a passion and they, they really strongly believe in, um, you know, acting on the initiatives that are collecting dust on their shelf, then that's maybe when they'll do it. Right. And, and hopefully, um, what people who are already doing it, I think like Jeff and I really want to keep on being in spaces where Jeff, our ECD at Tank, we'd like to be in those spaces like the workshop that we were just in, where there's other companies that see us doing as well. Right. And I would love to see a company that's doing more than us so that we can learn from them as well on ways to better create pathways for potential, you know, and, um, uh, like the affirmative action question. I made that, I made that comment about affirmative action for a reason, because the people, the companies in that room, I think there was maybe like, we might've been the smallest company, but companies over 50 have a compliance. Um, they have to submit, um, EO reports that are based on your affirmative action plan. Right. And so there's a, there, that's a system that's put in place, but it is a, it is a check the box, you know, um, compliance, exactly. you know, and you're really not saying, okay, if you do not um, reach these goals for your next year, you know, fill in the gaps, promote more black and brown, promote more women, right? Um, then if you're not doing that, then who's slapping you in the hand? You know, are you, do you get a fee, right? Do you look less attractive to other companies? Is that it, right? So like, what's the, you know, why why do we even have that in place if it's not helping us out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, literally, I just want to touch on a couple of points that you mentioned. And like, again, like you mentioned something that is, I wanted to credit you guys for is just how you guys are really great laying the ground for these companies and yeah. setting an example. This past summer, you had an IFP alumni, uh, Maxwell, um, and he interned at Tank. So that was a really amazing experience for him. Um, and even for us to like, look up to mm -hmm. our past and our yeah, like our members of IFP who have been with us um, and seeing where they're going. So that was very inspiring. And I think you guys will continue doing um, not just interning, but just helping us just set an example and show what needs to be done. So I think that's something that's amazing. And I just like really want to like Congrats. Yeah, like you praise y'all for it because it's amazing. Um, and like you said, like even though you guys are a smart small company, it's like that whole intent versus the impact mm -hmm. thing where your intent and your impact are aligned and you're you're walking your talk and you're not just saying and promising things, but you're actually showing and putting a message behind that. So I think that's a very amazing thing. Um, mm -hmm. especially Kendall Square being like a, a, a sector where we have all these global companies and that's something that we're going to continuously talk about throughout the season yeah. is that why Cambridge like that's something that we've been asked a lot and we're going to ask ourselves more is that these companies have a global presence they're mm -hmm. all around the world they're not just in Cambridge so why should Cambridge be the one we highlight and why should that be focused and dialed in on so that's something that I just wanted to bring into the conversation a little bit. Yeah, and I think that really bounces back to a point that you made, Jess, which is intent. I feel like intent is such a big factor in the difference between CSR and CSV. And it, it's really the determining factor in why we don't see 
Kendall Square reflected in our school communities. And I think that a prime example of intent is Tank Designs, how much you guys have interacted with IP and all the support that you've been showing us really shows that societal needs are put above business opportunities in a sense. Because at the moment we're seeing with CSR, we're seeing companies put business opportunities over the needs of the society and trying to pour money at an issue or trying to fix something and then say, hey, look at what we did and kind of gain their own traction from that instead of thinking of who they're really providing for. And when it comes to intent, it's not that checking of the box. It's really caring about the societal needs of the community that you're contributing to and making sure that you have both sides of the entity in a way benefit from the work that you're doing. Definitely. But yeah, so if we want to jump into the next question, um, this is just like adding on to our conversation is that we always talk about like educating our youth. It's not necessarily like, again, a one and done. There's Mm -hmm. multiple stakeholders involved and many supporters on that track. And with our Pathways to Potential, we have this breakdown of like our career awareness, immersion and exploration. And those really need many stakeholders involved to fulfill those. So we wanted to ask you, um, how do you think companies can help facilitate our learning and how can they be involved within our learning and our systems of learning? I think that's a really interesting question. I, um, I I do know that there is um uh someone from EDO, IDO, I think it is yeah. yeah, that was Max's professor. Um, I think he played the role of an adjunct professor at um Leslie, right? And so it, for the interactive design, right? Is that that's where Max goes, right? Yeah, yes. he goes to Leslie. Yeah. yeah, and so and so I feel like that right there is usually the best way to help the curriculum of, you know, the youth, you know, that the youth is invested in, right? So there's these universities and colleges that have these programs, but not necessarily do they align exactly with what's out there for jobs right now. And I think that it's very important, especially when, when like, and locally in our community, work with the universities and colleges to to supplement their curriculum you know and 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 create that partnership i think that that was a beautiful partnership between edo and and, and leslie and max i think that that was beautiful right and so max is going to come out with exposure to you know things that are that you could apply right away. Right. And so I think that that's really important. And some of like, for instance, specifically to the design world, I interview a lot of designers that um, their curriculum, when they come out, their case studies, their portfolio doesn't really match what we're looking for. Right. And so I wish that we can help tailor that at, you know, the junior, senior level and how, or not tailor, but maybe supplement, like I said before, supplement so that they are coming out with some tools um, or resources that will help them land that internship or that job. Um, Because I just don't, sometimes I think that there's a disconnect there as well. Yeah. So I I really feel like there needs to be more partnership between um, educators and employers um programs directly that way and 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 then be able to 
see how we can supplement through like workshops and lecture halls and exercises, things of that nature that just kind of connect the dots for everybody. I'm not saying throw the curriculum out, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, how can we supplement it so that we're really setting them up for success when they come out? Yeah, no, for sure. And you, like, I just want to bridge off of that. It's like, you attended our our first summit in May. And that was one of our first, like, yeah, our first, like, big meeting with all stakeholders involved. And what was interesting to see, even though it was not necessarily said, but just the vibe of the room was that, and this is like, what's, I think we'll get to this a little bit later in the, in the episode, but the idea that each of these stakeholders and sectors are meant to stay in their own lane. Mm -hmm. Businesses are meant to do business. They're selling a product or selling a service or whatever it may be. And schools are there to educate. So how can we bring these two and help them supplement each other? And that's exactly what you're talking about is that they can benefit each other. And even though historically speaking, everyone is staying in their own lane and not wanting to cross over or uh, like, yeah, just like make a mess within each other. Like, it's still important to say you have a lot to bring to the table. You have the capital, you have the experience and you have the not just the experience, but the specific experience. Because like you said, a lot of these students are coming out of high school or even college and they're not ready they're not prepared for the workforce or whatever field Mm -hmm. they may want to be getting into so I think that's a very very important notion is that how are we preparing our students and how are we setting them up for success so I really like that point that you brought up and I think that's something we're gonna definitely grasp onto and and dial in on yeah exactly and we I noticed that we really have these sort of bubbles around like Jeanette said each of these sectors of our city each of these groups that historically haven't really worked together Mm -hmm. But what Mm -hmm. we're trying to get them to see is that this is a two-way street. It's not only a way in which one group stays within themselves or trying to get each kind of sector to work Mm -hmm. together and work with each other and make sure they see the value in that and don't only see it as a transaction, but a transaction that is improving the lives of students, improving the business opportunities of the businesses as well, and just making sure that this overall is a way that everybody can benefit, but we're also trying to make sure that we enrich the lives of students who will be going into these businesses who are coming out of their local high school and can possibly be employed in somewhere that's yep. less than a mile away from their homes. And seeing the value mm-hmm. in that is really what we're trying to get people to understand to make this pathway work. Yeah. Um. One other thing before we jump into the uh, second to last question here is that even that, even so, like, you said the whole like two-way street, that's something we touch on a lot is that Mm -hmm. a lot of the time businesses think that they're just pushing money out there or they're going to do all these initiatives, but they're not going to receive anything in return. So I think that's what's like holding us back. We're going to get to that in a minute, (laughs) but we just think that it's interesting because it's like, like I said, everyone is in in business to do what they're in business for, but Mm -hmm. how can we bridge them together? And I think that's what the power of the of even the title of two blocks, like that physical and the metaphorical disconnects, even though the distance is so similar, you have a school on one side and businesses and this innovation sector on another, but their world, they seem worlds apart, but they're really similar in the sense that they can nurture and they can field into each other. So I think that's something that we definitely want to just like capitalize on is the notion that businesses you have a lot of businesses are 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 failing to to fill positions within their companies Mm -hmm. they're not finding the demand that they're needing so this is a 
perfect solution to that. You have all these students, although they may still be in high school or middle school or whenever mm-hmm. they may be, you can use that to your benefit. You can cater them to the needs and the requirements that you need in your company to set them up for success in that pathway. So I think mm-hmm. that's really interesting. And not a lot of people look look at it through that lens. So. Yeah, just overall making sure that businesses see the value and in investing in the talent pool that already exists in the community within them. And to kind of segue into our next question, we have three stakeholders at the moment that we focus on in two blocks, which are the Kendall Square businesses, the Cambridge Public Schools, and the city government and the community around us. So we would like to ask you, what would you say to these various stakeholders about working together to improve the way we're being educated in regards to the um, stakeholder position that you're in as a business and what you think businesses should do more and the city should do more to work together and benefit the youth? Yeah, so I, I, I think I have to go back to a few conversations that I had with... Um, with Michael Dawson and um, co-founder of IFP. And he, you know, I I was like, oh, there's someone else who's working on similar initiatives and kind of being to action. And there was a level of frustration because there's a lot of people sort of doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? And so what I feel is that um, I wish there was more unity in that. And, you know, I think his frustration was more of like, you know, there are so many, but are they doing anything? Are they really, you know, they're all talk and no action, right? And so it's really finding those people who are working just as hard and as passionate about the the issues that are happening and um, and putting our powers together to kind of really move things forward you know, and, and, um, and that's what I've been trying to do in a way in the background is, you know, as a person who likes to connect everybody, I, you know, and, and connect the dots and make sure that like, we're building relationships and, and things like that. I, I try to find people who are working towards the same thing and kind of throw them your way. Right. And, and, in hopes that it would help amplify what you're doing, elevate your voices, um, but I, I really feel like unity is is one is one thing, and um, I know that that Michael has done and and Donna has done a great job trying to bring people together and the right people together. Um, so I hope that 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 group just gets larger and larger, right? And it just doesn't, you know, my hopes for your, you know, um, for IFP for two blocks is hopefully we can take this model and duplicate it where it's where else it's needed in Dorchester in Roxbury right in Lawrence like all these different places I mean like where I'm from it's a mill city like Lowell and there's New Balance in there there's a huge you know um, there's so many businesses that are going in there right now and tech businesses because it's a cheaper place to for for real estate right but now they're creating all these jobs and do we see people like us in those positions do we see people at new balance not just manufacturing do we see them in executive level roles right so um and new balance has a lot of real estate in lawrence you know so i i think about those things and i love the whole concept the structure um 
that that is happening with two blocks and i hope that it's successful here and that we will be able to take that same same idea same concept and apply it elsewhere throughout the state yeah yeah everything you said you said beautifully that idea of unity making sure that all of the voices who are doing similar things as two blocks getting together but then again, not only that, making sure that our stakeholders are properly communicating to make sure that something like this can move forward is also very important because we've been seeing the kind of misinformation, like discommunication that's been spreading recently and how if we're not able to kind of communicate and bring all of these ideas together, really nothing will happen. And just like you said, taking this business model and from Cambridge and taking it to other cities is obviously a goal of ours. For sure. And we hope that can kind of happen in the future, yeah. but making sure that we're able to kind of unite everything that's been going on, bring together the sectors of the city, make it one whole and use communication to our advantage is really what we want to be our call to action as well. Yeah. And yeah. like adding on to that, too, is like we always talk about like reinventing the wheel. And that's something mm -hmm. that is super specific to Cambridge because we're thankful enough where we're in this in this awkward position, if you will, where it's like, it's not that we don't have the resources or the support systems to to fulfill this, we do, but exactly. it's not being implemented mm -hmm. and it's not being fulfilled. We have like thousands of programs, like the list yes. goes on and on and on, um, but they're all doing the similar thing, a similar thing, but they're not communicating with each other. And that's where that lack of opportunity and that gatekeeping all plays into where only a certain like small population of Cambridge is benefiting from those from those programs and those resources and the the rest of the of the community is just super like like gated out and it's it's really unfair and unfortunate so that's mm -hmm. something that we've been talking about even more so is that we have the resources it's not that we don't but how can we use that to our advantage we need to bring and unite each other and that's how we can finish the like cross the finish line with this and i think that's even the thing like two blocks is like not something that is like we just are going to end you know i, exactly. I think it's it's an it's a universal issue like this whole mm -hmm. educational inequities i feel like it's there not are, only yeah, it's not only present in Cambridge and there's many Kendall squares popping up all over the world. It's mm -hmm. not just right now we may be the most innovative square mile on the planet, but in a, who knows, five years, 10 years from now, a whole new innovation sector may pop up in another community. So I think that point is super, super important is how can we make sure we use this framework? It can be implemented in many different communities, not just within Massachusetts, but all across the, the United States, hopefully. <laughs> so I'm getting a little too ahead of myself, but hopefully that's our goal. And that that's is. what we yeah, want. I mean, we hey, we need to, right? Yeah. You dream first and, and write and then you, yes, put in, yeah. you put in the work. Yeah, but I, I feel like I feel like you know you're at um you're at an age right now where you're setting the foundation for it, and then you really have a great support system, and that hopefully um we can really support like the companies, the stakeholders can really support to carry this movement forward and um in a continuous fashion. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah, and just this is like a flip side of this is that we have all these goals and things we want to we want to do um but i feel like there's something there's like a something that's holding us back so we mm -hmm. wanted to ask you what you think that may be and how we can we can attack that um and, and, move, and forward. move forward and get to the next step I, you know you've done so much it's hard to say <laughs> like what's holding you back i don't think anything can hold you back mm -hmm. to be honest with you um 
you know, I, I feel that it, it's a challenge, um, to move things forward when you have a collective, um, amount of people involved, right. From different, like you have your three bubbles, right. And so it is really hard to instinctly, like if that's even a word, but just like to move together. And, um, I think that's where the, the challenge really, really lies is, is uniting everyone to move together. Um, I, I honestly, I feel like that's the, that's the only thing that's, that's holding us back, mm-hmm. um, is connecting the dots. Right. Mm-hmm. And hopefully these, these connections will really spark up a movement where, you know, it's, it's less of a challenge to push things forward. Um, I, 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 people hear you, um, people, people, I feel like people hear you, right. Um, are, are you listening though? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the question. I don't, I feel like people hear a lot, <laughs> you know, and it goes in one app in one ear and out the other. And, but are you listening? Is it resonating? Um, you know, does it move you? Because if it does, then that's who, you know, I feel like will really help um, remove those barriers and will help remove those blocks that are are holding us back from getting things done. Yeah, I have to. It's not like a clean cut answer, right? Like who (laughs) or what, right? It's really, it's, it's really like a, it's a bigger picture, you know, and I, I feel like Innovators for Purpose has done a lot. I'm, I'm always inspired of all the things that you've put out, the books, the podcast, the website, the installment, like all of that is, is great. Right. And so they see, they see you, they hear you. Right. But is it resonating? Is it changing your mind on how, how impactful someone can be, right. Or how impactful an organization can be to, to the society, you know, just going back to creating shared value and do you believe in it? Right. Do you, do you, do you really believe in it? I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Just like you said, I obviously there's initiative on our side to make sure that everything that we want to accomplish with two blocks is getting done. But also, like you said, there are people listening. However, there's not as much connecting of the dots, like you mentioned, to the point where something can actually be done about this. So we recognize that there's intent for each of the stakeholders to kind of be involved and work towards this. But we're finding that it's kind of hard to make sure that system is organized. And really, our goal is to make sure that that can actually happen and move forward. Yeah. No, definitely. And and I think that's the difficult part is that it's mm-hmm. not just one like audience. We have so many people and so many systems that are at stake. So I think that's what makes it an even more bigger attribute is that it's not we're just not focusing on one thing. There's so many issues Moving and parts, so many yeah. exactly. So it's not just when we think when we dial deep and and really think about two blocks, yes, education is the main focus, but there's so many different systems and systemic mm-hmm. issues that tie in and feed into it. Um we have like what is it called? gentrification the thing is that i was trying to tie this back is there's so many systems and issues at stake that it's like they all tie in and and create Mm -hmm. this big issue and it's almost like an avalanche of of problems that we're trying to combat so when we have all these stakeholders and all these businesses in these the school school district and it's just hard to at the end of the day bring everyone at the same 
table making the same decision. Mm -hmm. And at the center of this is the students. So we always come back to this point is that no matter what decision or what discussions we may have, Mm -hmm. students are always at the center of it. And we cannot be making decisions for students without having them at the table and Mm -hmm. having their voices heard and implemented in the decision making and and what's being implemented. So I think that's super huge. So if you want to like close off with the last question, we can get to that. Yeah, so just to, we want to take everything that we've talked about today, every point we've made and kind of summarize it into our through line question for two blocks, which is can and should corporate entities play a greater role in our education? And we just want to bring that question back to you. And after all of the discussions that we've had, do you think that these corporate entities should play a greater role in our education? And why do you see that is important? I, I think I, I we should. Yes, they should. I, I believe yes is the answer. I think they should play a bigger role. Um, you know, there's uh, it's an ecosystem, you know, and they're part of it. And so I, I feel like there is created shared, you know, um, uh, creating shared value right there you know in terms of being able to i feel like that it's just like such an easy an easy win i wish someone would give us the opportunity you know take the opportunity to go to like you know we have a relationship with northeastern and be able to go to their design school or their computer science school and speak right and um and, and be able to add and supplement their curriculum um and, and, and the other way around where like, you know, we're, we're hiring your students, we're hiring, you know, we're looking for, for those students that are coming right out of school, right? And so why wouldn't we have that partnership and take it a step further, right? And say, what is it that, you know, I think corporations should say to companies, you know, um, especially certain programs that are so specific to uh, an industry and say, what is it that you're looking for? Right. Um, and maybe those conversations are happening, but I just see that there's a disconnect there and saying, what is it that you're looking for so that we can help prepare the youth to 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 be able to land a job at your at your company? Right. Um, so I just feel like there's like a disconnect in that in that fashion. I mean, when we tried to help out Innovators for Purpose in the beginning, Jeff's first question to to Michael was how can we help, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that question needs to be had and not assume what needs to be done, right? And so I think that conversation needs to ha- happen between corporations and educators, especially ones that they have relationships with already. Like if I'm as a as a HR professional for the last thirteen years, I've always tried to build relationships with universities and colleges and um, community colleges or programs that are aligned with the industry that we're in. That way it's a it's an easier pathway for me to find like, you know, more talent and easy, you know, very easy. That way we have that communication going saying, hey, I have these open roles. Oh, great. I have this, you know, type of talent. You know, I, I think that we need to take that conversation a step further and saying, how can we help this educational institution right? Prepare the youth to land jobs. And I think they see like that shared value is like university and colleges want that 
placement, right? They're always, there's always that percentage, I feel like, um, that is um, promoted or visible or public to everybody saying like, oh, Northeastern or Leslie University um, students who graduate get a job within a year. And then there's a percentage to that, right? Like how many, right? And so I feel like we'll be able to um, raise that, that percentage um, tremendously if there was more of a connect, right? If they're dependent upon that number to help them with admissions, then I think we should make a connection and saying, what does the local business owners, what are the local corporations, what are they looking for in terms of their open roles at an associate level, right? Um, especially like at that entry level, because that's what we're looking to place, right? So I think that there needs to be more conversation, more investment um, in, in, in that. Um, I just don't know, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm new to the game in terms of like having these conversations um, that IFP has brought us into as Tank, right? But um, I wish I would see more of that or be involved in more of that where we're partnering up with Leslie University or Northeastern or maybe Bay State Community College, which is another pathway if people can't afford a university, right? And being able to say, how can we supplement your programs? How can we supplement your curriculum to help really place um, and, and, um, and supply them with the right tools to be successful? Yeah, no, that's like, you you hit on so many points that we we are super valid and we love um I think that point of just like bridging together and there's so many pathways to get to that mm. whole end goal there's not just one way and that like well even within like like k through 12 education like there's so many systems and, and pathways that that students can take like there's not that one size fits all approach that we're used to mm-hmm. so I think that's something we definitely need to d- discuss more especially like on the education sector and that side is just we have so many ways that students can 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 be successful and can a- accomplish many types of goals but how can we individualize those paths for students and cater to them depending on their circumstances and and all the factors that play into that so do you have anything you'd like to add yeah I'd just like to say everything that you said about how we're really in like a multi-layered ecosystem where, and as Jeanette, you said many times, there are different issues and different problems feeding into this one greater issue that we're really trying to solve. I think that when it comes to that, that question that you mentioned, how can we help, is really all we need to get the ball rolling and to kind of make sure that everybody can see the value in the work that we're doing. We obviously have the intent, but simply asking or getting asked, how can we help is how we can make sure that this issue is being addressed to the best of its potential and is really the minimum that we're looking for. And it can be that little of just like Mm -hmm. lending a helping hand and reaching out. And and that that's how like minimal, but impactful that can be just Mm -hmm. saying, what can we do? How can we help? That's like what we're looking for. And a lot of people, again, even at that first summit, a lot of people were having that intention of wanting to help, but that follow up and that follow through is not there. So you cannot promise and say you want to help without actually helping. So that's a difference that we're we're struggling and trying to grasp with is 
people want to help and we want to get people and people are willing to we help. We want people to yes. get involved and we want to help them. Exactly. But people are just <laughs> unsure on where to start. So that's something we're actively yeah. like trying to do. But yeah. So I think this wraps up our first episode of season two. So we want to thank you once again, Jess, for coming and, yes. and being our guest. And we appreciate all that you've done alongside two blocks um, in tank design and helping us amplify and advocate on behalf of two blocks. So thank you so much. And yeah, we look forward to seeing and talking to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you.